You can rub your shoulders if you want. So. Yeah, he'll do it too. And he'll can do I get free. a Mountain Dew? Lots of ice. <laughs> lots. Actually, yeah, that, that, one, that one right there has a, has a Mountain Dew with a lot of ice. Yeah, so you're in luck. Yes, you can, uh, as a matter of fact. So uh, I'll give uh, just a little bit of background. We just got finished watching Haunted Ween here at the Phoenix Theater in historic downtown Bowling Green, Kentucky. And we're joined here by the director, Doug Robertson. First of all, thank you, by the way, for... Uh, for being here with us, taking time Thank out of you schedule. for coming. And uh, I think everybody, did everybody enjoy it? Did everybody yeah. have a... If you so, say no, the exit's that exit's way. Exit's that way. Uh, feel free to get the hell out and never speak to any of us. Yeah. <laughs> we all mean that. So uh, we've got some questions here that have been submitted, and we'll, we'll have some free-form questions here. Uh, John, what's the first question that we have? Oh, he's mixing them up. Like that's like it's a raffle. Yeah, like it. Okay. The winner is. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Hold on. First, I have a question. Oh, yeah. I'm dying to know. <laughs> he's had this question. He's he's been telling me all weekend. He goes, "This is the first question I'm going to ask." Okay. He says, "I have." Yeah. So, I, and I've said this several times, but uh, for for me and Flanagan, this movie is special because we're students of WKU, yeah. and specifically the the broadcast production department, uh, and and a lot of our instructors, Bart White, Steve White, um, uh, Joanne Ryan. Um, Corey Lash. Thank you, Corey Lash. Uh, all had hands in making this film, so that's how we got to know it. Was it was sort of like a, a um, an urban legend of this this film our teachers made back in the day. Um, yeah. But I'm dying to know. <laughs> Kurt's white Corvette is that Steve White's Corvette? <laughs> the white Corvette that's yes. in the movie? No. Damn. Oh. That that one thing about making a movie, and, and you have to be very open to asking anyone and everyone for help. Uh, and I'm talking free help because there's never a budget for anything. We made this movie. I made this movie on seventy three thousand dollars in cash and credit cards. Nice. That was Damn. the total budget for everything. Um, and that was back when th- this was film, not this was digital film. video. And that yeah. was the most expensive part: yeah. renting the lighting equipment, the sound, the the truck, the dolly stuff, everything. I think that was fourteen thousand dollars for the three weeks. Just wow. the equipment and the wow. film. I remember we used Fuji film, sixteen millimeter. And that was seven thousand dollars. And then to you know to um, to get the dailies back and that kind of thing, it was just it was just crazy expensive. Yeah. So and then a lot of other things that come up, you know, while you're making a movie, right? But as far as the the car goes, there was a lady that worked in a medical office. She was a manager and. Someone knew someone who had a Corvette, and then we needed a convertible. And I just went over and said, "Hey, we're making this movie, and can we borrow your car?" And she said, "Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's really that's awesome. Yeah. So, but you have to do that kind of stuff. I mean, all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just one we can't thing. get people to loan us a dollar. And no, get we to can't. Loan them a car. Yeah. yeah. Huh. How much of that budget was the uh, the van explosion at the end? That was three hundred dollars. <laughs> no, because I had to write Steve White a check for that. <laughs> And actually, I don't think he even took a check. I think he wanted cash. Yeah, of course. Yeah, oh yeah, that sounds. That sounds that's like um, the yeah. explosion though cost fifteen hundred dollars. I remember specifically because I had to pay him in cash. I don't know where he came up with the dynamite or the C four, whatever he had. Um, <laughs> we don't but know. Guy, we don't want to know. It makes but this is another thing. I know a guy who knows a guy who's in Fort Campbell, and he can probably help us out with a bomb. <laughs> okay, perfect. So I got on the no phone and talked to the guy, and, and like I was telling you guys before the whole thing started, he said like five words the entire day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you basically give him a project, he takes it all in, and he does it. And that whole van explosion took about eight hours to set up. Wow. So it was just 
a lot going on that, and that's the only thing we shot that day. That was special effect day. I'm guessing that was a one take deal. It, yeah, but yeah. we, had, <laughs> you really but we had five cameras, I think, you know, filming the, the explosion and all that. So, so it looks great. Quick question, like off the cuff, real quick, because yeah. I, I just thought about this while we were watching. Did you guys like draw straws, or how'd you figure out who was driving the van as it was just like smoldering and still? That's why he had to pay Stephen Cash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no one drove the van ever. Um, we just simply put the gas on and like a little brick on it or something, mm-hmm. and then it just went. <laughs> and then we exploded. Um, the other thing was we had to, we shot this over in Indian Hills, and we put it on a on a hillside. Mm-hmm. And you guys saw when the van was burning, this little chalk came out from the wheel. I don't know if you saw that part, but I, I look for it all the time. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cheesy. <laughs> um, and then so the gravity just got the van going down the hill, so it looks like he started the van up and took off. Oh. But no, believe me, no one was anywhere near the van. <laughs> all right, our first question from the basket. All right. How did Bart White get cast as the sheriff? <laughs> How could you not cast Bart right? White as the sheriff? I mean, who else would you cast in, in Bowling Green? Um, Bart was also an instructor of mine and just has a... I think he was the only guy with a SAG card at the time. So, <laughs> in 1989, and, and, right? He had a yeah, SAG right. card. And he was so uh, intent on um, calling SAG and letting them know he was doing a, a production that was not... <laughs> SAG oriented, and it was not a um, what do they call them a uh, a union shoot. <laughs> so that was another thing. The union people came down from Louisville, and they pretty much met Corey and I at uh, Rafferty's and said, "Look, we're shutting you down unless you cut us in." Wow! And that's when I had to. <laughs> I got no money. <laughs> Let me tell you how we're paying for this. This credit card, it's maxed. This one, it's maxed. And then they finally believed us that we had no money and, and all that. But the reason we got so much play out of this is because um, I did a a press release to the Daily Variety in Los Angeles. I lived up there and I took a production course. So I learned how to make your movie actually bigger than it is. So... I wrote this press release filming in the USA and we were going to start pre-production here and there and so it looked very official. So they actually had it published in the Daily Variety right above Dances with Wolves for six weeks production in the USA where it was going on. They would have the location, Bowling Green, Kentucky. So this thing looked like a real movie from Hollywood. It was just a bunch of guys that went to school with me and we put it together and and made it. It wasn't, um, you know, it's not that it was so super low budget that the production value was bad or anything. The acting, yeah, it sucked a little bit, but it's not. But it wasn't horrible. I've seen worse acting. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And some of the actresses yeah. were really good in, in the movie. Um, but you know, you have so much money to make a movie, and then you do it, and that's that's where you are in that part of your life. So the goal was to put something in a box. Because well, uh, I think the thing is, this is a. Uh I, I love like B horror. It's literally my specialty. Um, and this is one of those things where like me and my friend Sean we used to get together, and it would be we'd go to the video store and like try and pick something out. If I didn't know through these guys that this was something done in Bowling Green, Kentucky, by like a bunch of their friends, right? I'd be like, holy shit! This was like a piece that someone made for Kentucky. Yeah. So I mean, it's awesome, and it's it's great that like you know because this is something you see pop up on like internet boards and that kind of stuff it's awesome that uh, you know one that you're doing this with just three nerds at a table Um, and that it's just this underground cult classic thing now that's really cool you know it's it's funny you mention that because uh, I'm I'm very humbled by people that say it's a, it's a good movie and then the people that say it's the worst thing they've ever seen and, and and I get it you know I've seen some really bad movies I've walked out of movies in the theater that have been academy award winning nominated movies I'm just like how did that even happen well everyone has their own opinion my girlfriend Kim and I we go see movies all the time we talk about them and 
usually we're pretty on par about what's good and what's not. But the thing is, you can never really decide what's good for everyone. You just know what's good for yourself. And if you watch this movie, and if you knew how we made it, and if you watch the documentary, that'll, that'll give you even more of a glimpse of what went on. But there was a lot of hard work in, in making this movie and a lot of passion. And I think that's the key. Everyone who wants to make a movie, you need to make a movie. And I don't care what the budget is, make something because you got to get that out of your system. You really do. Because if you don't, you're going to feel like you missed out on something. So anyway, it was... Uh, it's it's funny you mention that because I think the groundswell for Haunted Ween is just getting bigger and bigger. We sell more DVDs every year. It's that's awesome. ridiculous. That's, that's, that's yeah. I, I have a follow up on the Bart White question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have to get to this question. Did, this did he provide question. his own wig no, no. for the I, opening? I know Bart did. He had to because I know we didn't, <laughs> there's no way we shot for it. And it definitely was not a good wig. <laughs> I feel like he just like he brought it from home in like a case that had like yeah. you know the two locks that you have to the two keys that go in. There's like a smoke show. That comes it out looked like something yeah. from the fifties, maybe the Beach Boys or something. <laughs> you know, maybe his dad had it in a jewelry box yeah. stuffed in there. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this is an amazing question. <laughs> have you ever thought of doing? Haunted Ween the musical. <laughs> Please say yes. Please, Please say yes. Great idea. Who did La La Land? Let's get in touch with them. Um, that was, that uh, is. I want to say that was my question. Yeah. I'm guessing so too. Yeah. <laughs> the music was great in the film, so we'd be hired to do that. Awesome. I just couldn't help but think, okay, I feel like there should be lyrics right here. They should be singing this. <laughs> you know, the, when they did the frat party scene, that, that group called The Side, um, I thought that was some really snappy, cool music. I liked it. And, and when they told us that they wanted to be part of the movie, which was great because we had no one else, um, <laughs> I, was, I was really excited about it. And I sent some, uh, some of their songs up to someone in Arist at the time and never heard anything back. But I just thought they had some pretty cool songs, a good collection of things. They later broke up, I think, within a couple of years. But the reason we used them is because the government cheese, they were a little too high-end for us. <laughs> that, because they were getting bigger at the time, and, and they did. And I, even though I know, I know Scott Willis, he, they didn't want to be a part of it for some reason. Yeah, this one's a really good one. Uh, how difficult was it to self-distribute the movie? Um, well, still, still self-distributing. I, I lived in Los Angeles at the time. That's where I went back to finish the movie. And I got three different offers. I got one from think, Atlantic Releasing. I got one from um, I can't think of the name of it, but because they were later bought, it doesn't matter. Anyway, each one of those deals though provided no money up front, and then a piece of the profit. It was a net deal, not a gross deal. So anytime you get a net deal, you might as well just hand in the keys to your movie and say, I'll never see you again. Because you'll never see a dime. Yeah. Nobody would give me a gross deal. Nobody would give me money up front. Um, so I just decided I'm not going to do it. The uh, Video Software Dealers Association was pretty big back then. Back then. Video, VHS video was just all the rage at that point. And we probably had as many stores as we've ever seen in America in about the 1991 to 95 era. There were just more VHS stores, video stores out there. So we set up a booth in Las Vegas. It was a week-long thing. I didn't have any tapes to sell, but I had some. I had a box. And I sold the box, basically. I said, okay, here's our VHS tape. We don't have any tapes to give out now. We're going to send them to you. But this is what it's going to cost. And we had a little sell sheet. And so we sold, I think, 2200 at that 
at that uh, wow thing. That's awesome. Blockbuster bought three hundred of them, which was awesome. Um, anyway, so it was nowhere near. Got the, did I get the budget back? But that covered about thirty thousand in cash of the budget at that point because we had to pay somebody to get out there to um, right. Las Vegas. That was probably five or ten grand, and you know, Corey and I drove out in his van. By the way, <laughs> we made this little set um, in my grandmother's driveway with haunted <laughs> Ween stuff, and we had a little uh, a box cut out for the TV to show uh, the trailer and that kind of thing, and you know. It, we were definitely one of the cheesier exhibits at this VSDA thing, but it was good enough because we had some of the actors come in to talk to people as they were um, making the uh, decision to purchase or not, right. and so that that helped us a lot. But I mean, it's it, it continually is a very hard thing to self distribute. It is. I feel like if you had a display with Brad Hanks there, he could sell pretty much anything. He would sell it out. <laughs> he would. We would have none left. Yeah. I mean, that guy's kind of my new hero. Yeah, yeah. Okay, these yeah. two were kind of the same. He gets better every time I watch yeah. the movie. Redneck Rambo is my um, hero. Just kind of like, as you know, obviously we went and saw the locations on Western where you shot today. Uh, where else around Bowling Green? And like, where specifically did you film like the uh, like the concert and like the frat house scenes? Uh-huh. And then you like know, the, the lake house that stuff? that was Western actually. That's oh. there, the SAE house used to be on College Street. That went up to Cherry Hall. You guys it was where all these things are. Yeah, it was three. It was three okay. three houses down from where, where the Cherry Hall statue is. If you go oh, straight okay. down the street, you saw if that you go today. straight down the street on the the right. Um, that's where the SA house used to be. It burnt down. Yep. So then they had a new one built, I think, on Fraternity Row. Yep. I don't know what's the... I think there's an apartment building there now. Yeah, but that's where that's where that little concert scene was. Um, what else? And then of course you know where you were up. At, at FAC, yep. you saw all those little places. Mm-hmm. That was it. And then we had the haunted house out in Woodburn. We just did the exterior shots out there. The only thing that we used that house for was the, the actors walking around the house mm-hmm. and then the front. Nothing else was shot inside the house at all. Probably for the best. It was. It should have been condemned back then. <laughs> and I, I went looking for it the other day. And I couldn't find it. I think it's been torn. It probably out. just fell over. That's, it might have. That, that was a, a question: Is what happened to the Berber house? And, I, I, and, honestly, and, I think there've been some new roads in Woodburn, and I think it's gone. Oh, yeah. as I was going to say, how offended would somebody be who owns it now if we just showed up and right. said we wanted to uh, uh, check out the house? Haunted house fashion it probably just disappeared at some point. Yeah, it just vanished into the earth. Well, maybe Eddie blew it up. Yeah, <laughs> could have been. This is a. I like. I really like okay. this question. Okay. Go ahead. What is your favorite memory of the production? Hmm. I'll tell you one that that really meant the most to me. Um, my fraternity brother John Holland came down from Louisville. He's a pharmaceutical rep up there at the time, and we were at the SA house and we were doing that scene that night with uh, the concert. And we had probably 150 people there, so that was one of our biggest nights that we had. And he came over and said, "Doug, I swear to God, you are in your element right now." <laughs> and I thought, "Wow, that w- what a cool thing to say to someone," because I was probably. Uh, the happiest, you know, most organized person I've ever been in my life at that moment in time, and then it all went to hell. <laughs> um, Your but, girlfriend's uh, right there, man. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she is the reason I'm here. <laughs> um, no, but different parts of your life are there for. Your different opportunities. That was a happy time back then, and it was great, and I loved it. But I would never really do that again because I know the risk it, it involved, and I know how much effort and hard work it was to do that. And I think now I can see why people 
raise money, hire people to do things, but being a, uh, kind of a one-man band on that was really hard to do. But um, there's just not one memory. The one thing I can tell you, though, the crew that we had was unbelievable. The, the people that donated their time, and guys, no one got paid. I mean, zero people got paid. This was a, this movie was done on deferment. We had a deferment schedule. I was at the very end to get paid. I think Corey Lash was the first one to get paid because he... <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah, but I'm telling you, if it wasn't for Corey, we wouldn't have had all the technical people. Right. We, I mean, he put the whole thing together. Um, he was instrumental. Ernie Raymer was great. Steve Probus, you guys never even met him, probably, because I think he left Western a couple years later. But... He's the guy that did our art department in charge of all the sets. And everything that, that you saw there was pretty much handmade. That We didn't get to use anything because nothing fit, nothing worked. So um, it was just a, it was a real joy to be on that, that film and work with all those professional people. And then watching the, uh, the making of, mm-hmm. because there's a, a great 45-minute making of yeah. uh, on the DVD, which is available. For Honestly, better than the movie, um, I think. It's so well done. Uh, and and the, the one thing that sticks out is just everybody's having so much fun. Yeah. Like, everybody's always smiling, and they're always... Uh, and at some point uh, in the background, uh, there's the Noid from Domino's, which <laughs> yeah. is pretty awesome. Uh, that just struck me as, as, as great. on But it, that, that's the thing, is like, it, there's everybody just sitting in the chair, just like giving the you know the interviews, but everybody's just like they're, they're, there's you can see it in their eyes that like they're just having fun being there, which says a lot. So. Well, it's it's funny that you you say that because I back then I think I was more the P.T. Barnum of independent movies. <laughs> um, I made everyone think that this was the biggest thing ever, and we even had I think we had two hundred different outlets that came to our media day. And we had to have a media day because people were bugging us so much. We got to come interview these people. So we said, fuck it. Let's do this. Let's have just one whole afternoon and have media. We'll have food for them and we'll just make them feel at home. And all the actors can get their playtime. Because we had a lot of folks from just different little small towns in Kentucky. So they would send their radio and TV, well, not many TV, but uh, you know, um, newspaper reporters over. And they would get their 15 minutes of fame at their hometown newspaper. Oh, wow. And it was kind of cool. So uh, after the media day, then we shut off the media completely and, and got back to work on on just the movie. But it was a lot bigger than it really was. <laughs> Where did you find Hanks? I promise that's not my question. Yes. I know it seems like I got a dude crush on Hanks. I wish it was Hanks. mine because that dude's my fucking hero. I know he is. He's mine too. Once you once you meet Brad Hanks, you just know he's destined for greatness. <laughs> Um, I knew Brad from college, like I said before, he was a varsity tennis player, incredible athlete, and also could have probably played basketball for Western. He could have been a guard. He was, he's amazing. Um, but he is that guy. You know that Rooster Run Kentucky hat? That's kind of the town that he's from. You know, just real small town, no one's around, all his relatives talk the same, they all kind of look the same. <laughs> it's, it's very strange. And now he's a personal injury lawyer up in Louisville, Kentucky. So because of course he is. Yeah, yeah. I, I found his office number and I was terrified to call because I was afraid that he would just get mad. You really did find. I, I found his office. Did number. you call him? I did not. 
I feel, I feel like he, would gonna, he was going to yell at me and be like, Why are you calling me? And hang up on me. On How'd you get this number? I want this on the record. Why didn't you give me that phone number? Yeah. I found it, uh, actually, I found it uh, Thursday afternoon at like 3.30. If it wasn't right. so late, that's it. Let's call him right now. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, we, I I'm guessing you the every day. I'm really mad at you for not giving me that number. Figured that I would call Five till like, ten. Yeah, he's passed out. Do you know what time it is? Like, he would just be yelling at me, and I didn't want that from him. So I just, like, show up with a keg a beer and three dollars a piece, but he'd be right. okay. Then. He'd be all, he'd be up for it. Come on, in. Hey, inflation. It's like four fifty. Okay. Yeah, now it's a little more if you want to party. Uh, which brings up a, another good question. You said Brad Hanks was a, a an attorney now. Yeah. Uh, what is the rest of the cast up to you that you know? And do you? I don't. To them? Um, Brian Blakely, the guy who's in the electric chair, the head of the fraternity. Mm-hmm. He is a. He was a news anchor in Portland and. Um, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I think he's back in the Carolinas now, and he has his own morning program on TV. I think he's in. A, I think he's with the Fox okay. folks. So he's a broadcaster, but he used to work for ESPN. When we pulled Brian up, he was a sa- he was the uh, salesperson for the Atlanta Braves. He was had something to do with. Selling something did, to the Braves. Did I see an Atlanta Braves uh, towel in there? Probably. Is that why that came from? Yes. Because yeah. I believe I saw it. He brought Braves a lot towel. of Atlanta Braves stuff up <laughs> with him. Um, and he took the summer off to do that. And then afterwards, he moved out to Los Angeles uh, when I went back there. And he, we were roommates for about a year. And he was very successful with the ladies, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, he was pretty handsome. So. He's a handsome fellow. He is a handsome man. Uh, I believe this is your question. Oh, that is my question. So, uh, I don't know if this, we actually aired this in the, uh, in the thing, but it says Haunted Ween 2 is coming soon. When is soon? <laughs> I think you always say that at the end of a movie because you're charged up and ready to make another one. Um, actually, I got pretty depressed after mm-hmm. the making of, after we finished making the movie. It was You're coming off this incredible high when everyone is just working together. Like It's like a little beehive and it, you almost get to the point where you don't even have to tell people what to do they kind of know what to do and that's when you know you're meshed and you're working together um, but afterwards I you know I went through a little bout of depression and thought wow it'll never be like this again and it's going to you know now we got to go through the editing and all this stuff and that took another couple of years but you always think about I'd love to make another one that would be fun but we got to get this one paid for and get this one done and, and then it just it it almost became insurmountable to get it paid for and, and, and put it put in the box, it was a big struggle, but got it done. We'll uh, we'll forward you the uh, the PDF of our uh, our sequel script. No, no, okay, no, that was X-rated. We can't. Oh yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> that was haunted ween. Yeah, that was. That was, your, that was this ain't haunted ween. I oh, guess. speaking of porn. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Now it gets good. All right, now it gets good. All right, can we turn the lights down? Yeah, yeah. You asked, you asked, okay, there was, a, there was a company called, and I met this through a Kentucky person that I knew out in Los Angeles, and she was the boyfriend of the guy who owned Paradise Visuals. Paradise Visuals back then did the Ron Jeremy movies, Christy Canyon, um, Savannah something or another. Yes, you do. This guy invited me out to Malibu and wanted to... Buy Haunted Ween and also give me fifty thousand dollars to make five pornos. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and now this is true. And the reason he did that was because he saw that I could actually put something in a box, which is the most important thing in film. Stop! <laughs> stop! Stop! stop. No. And then, uh, and then he knew he could make money if I if I could put together five little you know mini porn movies. So. The one thing that kept me from doing it was the fact that um, 
I thought my grandparents would die if they ever found out that I did porn. And and I also thought, do I really want to go down that road because you never really get back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the big thing. I thought I was capable of making porn. Yeah. I mean, I could have definitely set up a camera and shot two people's humping us. <laughs> but um, it's just not something that, that, that I thought I wanted to do. But I did have that offer, which was very nice. Yeah. It's like kind of like a backhanded compliment. Like, it we is. Think yeah. you're a good like, director, but only well, if people but, are going to have sex yeah, on camera. Yeah, right. yeah. So, you think you can do this? Well, maybe I don't know. Probably, I don't know. Uh, if it's the, always nice to be, you know, wanted. Right. <laughs> yeah, good. That's true. Uh, if the killer had lived. What would he be doing now? Do you think he's like a stamp collector? Do you he's think more like he's... a weatherman personality, yeah, I think. Fair enough. You know? Um, <laughs> maybe a mover. <laughs> he could be a mover. He's a big guy. Uh, and that's the thing. Yeah, he, like he's, he's splitting logs with his yeah. bare hands and stuff, so he's yeah. pretty strong. So. He is strong. There's, there's two guys in a van. He's, or two guys in a truck. He's one guy in a van. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> one guy in a van, which is not creepy at all. <laughs> Just one guy in a van driving around. You need help moving something. That was actually where the name of one of the porn is. <laughs> <laughs> one guy in a van. Get in. Ugh. <laughs> no, no. We no. open that door. He's gonna walk. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, did the, the movie? <laughs> <laughs> and this is why our We're show runs. Yeah, yeah. This is this is why. Yeah, this is why every episode starts out as an hour and a half and goes two hours. Uh, did the movie ever get a theatrical run? We just did. Yeah, besides it, right. this is it. How far can this one run? Release right here. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, was the soundtrack ever released? Because uh, Ernie Raymer, uh, who did the, the yeah. theme song, right? Ernie Raymer copyrote that song, oh, which I had to using it. talk to him about um, using it for the DVD, and he said, fine, just use it. Um, so that was the only thing. And the side, they broke up. I never, I don't even know what their names were. Like Bob's side, Billy's side. Billy's <laughs> the side. side brothers. They just call themselves the side. Yeah. And, and I, I don't even, to this day, I don't even know their names. But uh, they didn't have us... They never said, okay, we need... Co- None of their stuff was copyrighted. It was just stuff that they wrote and they sang. That was it. Well, don't tell Ernie Raymer we've been playing that song on the podcast. because Ernie would be happy. Okay, good. He's okay, good. Then, then, it, yeah. then tell him, but don't tell him our real Because not only... you know, <laughs> Ernie didn't make money either, but neither did I. Yeah, I was going to say, we have a budget of zero. Yeah. yeah. You can't pay him? Hey, no. I know how you feel. No. Yeah, all you. Um... So, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's gained some cult following and that kind of stuff. You say you're selling more and more DVDs. Have you ever had anyone come into class, like, who's a fresh student or something like that, and been like, so are you, like, the Doug Robertson? Like, the haunted ween Doug Robertson? <clears throat> you know, I don't know why it's so... Um, people make movies. I mean, it's, I'm not the only guy that's made a movie. And to make a movie like this is... Um, I guess it's a little harder because it takes a lot more people, mm-hmm. and it, definitely a bigger budget, and we have more locations than probably most small budget movies. But at the end of the day, it's just you're just making something that you want to make. So there's nothing truly special about it other than the fact that you're organized enough to get it done. Um, you guys probably have more creativity here than most people have in their in, in their businesses. I, I love mean, the way you lie to us. No, but it's true, though. I'm <laughs> checking the mail. I, I, yeah. you, you can just see the wheels turning, though, when, when you guys you just you're joking around and stuff. I mean, it's, it's fun to watch. But if you take that, that creativity and put it on paper and then get it going, then you have a movie. I think the advantage that I had is because I'm kind of a salesperson personality. At the same time, I have a, a passion for creating stuff and making stuff and doing projects. 
but I know for a fact I could have never run the camera. I couldn't have directed without Corey Lash. I couldn't have gotten the final script without Corey and some other people and Brad Hanks. Brad Hanks had some really great just uh, zinger lines that he came up with himself just on the spot. And of course we let him use it. I mean, my, my motto on the, on the film was, don't do it my way. Let's all talk about it and get the best way. Because everyone could approach me at any time and say, hey, i got an idea. Can we do this? Or what do you think about this? And I would make a snap decision and say yes or no. And sometimes it was a yes and let's do it. That's, that's a great idea. And sometimes it was a no because we don't have time to flesh it out and make it happen. We didn't have the time or the, the money to do it. I want to jump in just a little bit. To, to your, uh, um, to pay you a compliment. Yes, especially nowadays with digital, any jackass can make a movie. We know we've done it. Yeah, but it takes poorly. it takes someone right. special to see it through, and like you said, to get a film finished. Yeah, right. You have a, a complete packaged movie, yeah. <laughs> start to finish, with the budget, with that, like with charm, and and that is not something that is easy to do. It's yes, anyone IDB can case. go to, to Best Buy and buy a camera, some editing software, and slap together a movie and put it up on YouTube nowadays. Yeah. But but you're in a whole different category in my book. <laughs> well, and I, I appreciate you noticing that because way back then it was even harder to do it with VHS because you, everything was just so, it was so analog. Yeah. Know, now we have digital. Shit's easy. We're so used to seeing playback, the instant we're done shooting yeah, it. Oh, right. that's bad. Back it up and redo right. that. You don't get that with film. Yeah. Uh, I did a film project when I was at Western I spent five hundred bucks on fifteen minutes of film stock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, trust me, I know where that comes from. So, yeah, the, the, you are. And you a, also got free processing through the university. Probably, yes, I did. Because that. <laughs> yes, I had to drive to yeah. Nashville, but that was all I had right. to do was pay gas. Right. Uh, no, that that like you're in a whole different category from all the the people who are doing this nowadays. Because people nowadays, and I hate to have like an old man get off my lawn moment, but <laughs> kids nowadays don't understand how good they have it. No. Uh, it it's so don't. easy and so cheap to they do don't. now. Yeah. But because it's so easy, the competition is fierce. Yes. So it's but but the the thing is if you have an idea and even if you have one camera and four actors and you can make that movie then make that movie because you lightning could strike. You can have some moments in that film that carry you to something else that are just incredible. And maybe 60 minutes of your film blows, but 30 minutes of it is really cool. It's pretty sure it doesn't matter, right? So, yeah, that yeah. was our Because yeah, I even know, every time I watch this movie, I go, ooh, that's a little, that seems a little long. That was, we could have made it out of there. Could have put in something here. I mean, you're always second guessing yourself, but that's just the way it is. But once you get it done, it's done. Throw it out there, see what happens. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's what films it. inspired you to do a horror movie? Um, it wasn't a film. I don't like horror. Uh, what? I think what? I don't. Boo this man! Boo! Just kidding! Just kidding! No, don't, don't boo this man. And, and, and I don't mean to say that in a bad way. It just scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I mean, if you see horror movies these days, I mean, look at the Saw movies, for instance. How real does that look? It's it's just it's frightening, absolutely frightening. So the reason we made Haunted Ween was because it's a genre that's actually pretty inexpensive to make. You have some some special effects in there. Obviously, the the tree thing, pretty basic. Um, when a guy get and, and that was one of our best ones. We got you know with the machete in the yeah. neck and all that, and the blood came out. The broken neck one I think was one of the better ones. The um, the guy getting his head. Knocked off of the base one. Well, that's pretty cheesy. But awesome. But yeah, but, but awesome. Um, quite nice. But it's uh it's it's just a very easy genre to make. You can't go action adventure, it's way too expensive, way too much second team, uh, second director work, and that just will require a lot of people. And if you have 
a comedy, it's got to be really good. I mean, comedies yeah. these days are super, and I'm not able to just sit down and just write an entire comedy. I think comedies require a team these days of writers. Um, and drama, God, you gotta you gotta have longer scenes, less editing, and you have to have extremely great actors to pull off a good drama. And not in the budget. <laughs> we we want some shitty actors that can handle like a uh, few lines here and there and make something happen. I'm going to tell Brad Hanks uh, when I when I finally get the nerve to call him. You should <laughs> and tell him he's your favorite. He would love it if you called him. I Just promise you. Give me We're that. doing. Tell him that we hung out the other day right. and, we, and we watched the movie. And, and every time you see the movie, you just you feel like you should call him. All right, and enough. he would be very. I mean, all right. We're doing he's that. Still a small, he's a small town guy. Yeah. Any compliment he can get is pretty good. <laughs> Fair enough. We just don't want to offend. He's like a rooster. Yeah, he's a rooster. I just yeah. I just don't want him to to yell at me. He would not. What are you no. bothering me for? <laughs> I don't want that. I can't have that. It would not. That would crush happen. me. You, just tell, you just tell him Doug Robertson said to call you. All right. Okay. Yeah, because they say you know don't don't meet your heroes, and I would be afraid that he would break my heart. So. He is. He's one of my heroes. Too. I promise you, he is. <laughs> Redneck Rambo. Um, all right. This is bullshit. <laughs> this is bullshit. I love it. Love it. Uh, what is your favorite part of Bowling Green? Um. My favorite part of Bowling Green? Yeah. What do you mean? Like where that, I, that was all that was on the card. What's your favorite part? Because because uh, you know you uh, you went to school at Western and then you you left for uh, Los Angeles and you came back to shoot the movie and you're still here. Um, well, I came. I went. I went to LA right after I graduated in February of '87, and I didn't move back until '91, uh, maybe '90. Actually, officially back '92. So. And, but then I moved to Louisville, and then I moved to Nashville, and then I just moved back to Bowling Green in 2007. Okay, well then never mind when I said that you just moved back. <laughs> no, but, but I have a, I'm, a, I'm in medicals, I've got a pharmaceutical sales shop, and I'm also a hot air balloon pilot in Bowling Green. That's the coolest thing. Yeah, that, so yeah. We, we love to hang out at the airport in our hangar. That's where That's we keep awesome. the balloon, and we hang out there. We just did a little cookout today, and uh, she did some reading. <laughs> and, you, you piqued his interest now. Yes. How does one get into hot air balloon piloting? Don't give him specifics. Like, <laughs> please, for the benefit of everybody, don't give him specifics. He wants, broad, to, be, he wants yeah. to be the Captain Ron of the hot air balloon. Broad strokes. <laughs> broad strokes. More like him. the super troopers of oh, the hot air geez. balloon world. Oh, yeah. jeez. I was lucky enough to have grandparents that um, gave me my pilot's license when I was 17. Okay. And after that, they said, okay, now you've got that. It, because they wanted me to have something that I could do and uh, like a goal to... to um, you know, succeed in something, and you know, school was pretty easy for me, and I just needed some some other challenge at that point. And uh, they gave me that, and I just was really bitten by the bug of flying. Okay. Fast forward another twenty years after that, and then I was asked to um, volunteer at the balloon thing here in Bowling Green. So I did that, and uh, I, that's where I really got bitten by the the, the the hot air balloon bug. I went up with this guy. I remember. Like it was yesterday, he, he flying the Remax balloon. There were two of us in the basket. Our job was to go up and fly two or three miles away and land and put out an X so the other pilots could throw their little bean bags. And this is how you, you know, they scored points and then they won money. And I just remember we took off at the airport and just it's like my breath left my body and I couldn't believe that I was in a balloon. And I saw these thousands of people below us just cheering us on. It was a late afternoon flight. And I thought, I'm definitely going to do this. I'm going to buy a balloon one day and have a balloon business. And so 10 years later, it happened. 
So, but that's how we got into it. That's the short and skinny. Of that well, that's I the, it. the big yeah. difference is you got bitten by the balloon bug, and no, he's no, got no, so many other no, bugs no, that he's been no, bitten no, by. No, you can't no, stop me. I'm going to no, steamroll no, through it. No. He, needs, he needs some sort of spray for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your grandparents didn't get you license at 17, so you've already missed the bug. <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry, yeah. you can't do it, Chris. Mm. Mm. I, was, I was way too busy doing drums at 17. But you don't have to have a pilot's license to get a balloon license. You don't can, tell him you, that. You can get a balloon license and just have a balloon license. I oh, saw the right. movie. You can't tell me this man has never done drugs. <laughs> no. Never. Not, not once. Actually, I'm not a big drugger. Um, I did smoke some pot at some point in my life. But you, didn't record, you know what? I do remember, I, I remember distinctly. It, my junior year at Western, I think my roommate and I smoked pot for about... Mm, six weeks, and then we decided that probably wasn't a good thing to do. So then we quit. No, not stop. But that's I like where you're going with that one. No, that was more like a weekend thing, and uh, we went through a lot of pizza. I remember that, but yeah. But the pot thing didn't really work for me because it. I didn't have very much energy after that, and I was kind of a slug, and just it didn't it didn't work. And I've never been a big drinker either, so I still don't really drink much. I don't do either of those things either. Yeah. That well, is a you know, bold faced lie. That is I'm a, not saying it's bad. Hank was saying, you can do whatever bullshit. you want to do. That's bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> All right, we, uh, I guess we, we each got uh, sure, one yeah. more, um, and then we'll turn it over to everybody. If you've got questions here, uh, a lot. This is uh, my favorite of the questions that are left. Go uh, for it, uh, because I think this is a great idea. The idea of a killer inside of a haunted house uh, and the question is where did that idea come from i was in the shower <laughs> nice um yeah. santa monica and I, no i remember distinctly because i was working on i was thinking god this movie's got to have some sort of hook in it some sort of something that would make people remember it and i was taking a shower and i was thinking oh what if i did oh and it just came to me what if this guy's really going to kill people in the haunted house and they think it's fake and I thought, okay, I can I can work with that. So that's when I started framing that in the story and making it uh, and, and putting the hook in it. Uh, from from that haunted house, uh, do you remember the name of the the uh, uh, let him hang guy? The guy that yells out, let him hang, because ah, I like that guy. Yeah, that's Dana Hester. Oh, see? Yeah. Write that down. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to play that back and, and find that guy on Facebook. Is he still? Is he still He's on like Facebook. Right? Oh, sweet. Yeah, he is. I like Talk, that guy. Matter of fact, I just texted him today. Because so I had this thing on uh, Facebook this week we're doing it. It's going to end on the 20th. But if anyone yeah. wants to dress up as one of the characters in, in Haunted Ween and put like the character and then their costume next to each other, then I'm gonna, I post it on Facebook and we're going to... Um, you know, vote on it, and they're going to win one of the shirts, the original shirts, and a VHS. The VHS tapes, guess what they're going for now? Oh, I know. Yeah. $80. Yep. That's what that's what I sell them for. I've got a handful left, but they're going for 80 bucks, which I was amazed. That's, yeah. yeah. If anybody uh, is selling one for less than $80, talk to me after the show. Right. There you go. But I don't think that's going to happen. Our email is iHeartJohnStamos. No, no, just just iHeartStamos at Yahoo.com. Stamos. Just send us an email at iHeartStamos at Yahoo.com. Um, we need to do password recovery on that, but we really need to. I know. No, we really do. So, um, but no, I loved the idea of, of going to a haunted house, and because there's some haunted houses that like it looks really realistic. But, it does. Yeah. You know, there's that safety of like either oh, well, the people can't touch me, or you know, there's no contact or whatever. But that like in haunted house, it takes all of that away, which is well, haunted houses back creepy. then. I mean, they were just sexual assault in most cases. <laughs> you know, God. the wall of hands, please. There's one he's like grabbing her boob over here. Okay, it's crazy. But that's how haunted houses used to be. Now they're all. Chicken wire and stay away and you've got pepper spray and all that. Stuff. <laughs> 
safe zone. I love right. the concept just because it's one of those places where you, it's, it's such a bizarre concept when you stop and think about it. You're paying money to walk through a, a maze or a house and have people scare the shit out of you. Like you're paying someone to do that. It's such a it's weird, fun, bizarre yeah. concept. But it's one of those things where you're putting your complete faith and trust in people you don't know at all. Just, you're just hoping that yeah, yeah. I'm gonna here's here's my money. Please don't really hurt me. Right. And and the way you flip that on its head for this movie is so genius. And that whole scene at the end when the crowd is cheering him on, it's that weird meta moment of they're cheering on a guy killing, but there's only one degree of separation between that audience and me, the audience watching the movie. It's a weird thing, and and it's it's a concept that lots of other movies have tried to do the killed around a haunted house thing. None of them work. Yours does. Well, I thank you for that. And um, I think it's funny that Chris and I when, and Tony were doing the radio show the other day. Wouldn't it be fun if someone took this concept and really put some money behind it and obviously punched up the script and made things better? Um, I think it might. I think it might work because it, it's definitely a, the story could stand the test of time. We're always going to have haunted houses. We're always going to have people that look like they're killing each other. And in this case, they were. And it's kind of weird to think that in the movie because it takes you a, a minute to think of, oh, he's killing him. Wait a minute. Well, they don't even know he's killing him. And then, then you put it all together. And you're like, wow, this is it's pretty raw. Yeah. And they're cheering him on. And they're all yelling. And nobody believes him until right. Redneck Rambo comes in. That's right. And says, Red this ain't part of the house. And then everybody's like, well, he's obviously true. He's ain't it, right? So, Hank saves. Yeah. Like the horror Hank god. Saves. There's, there's an extra Hank saves. Hank saves. Hank saves. Uh, yeah. We need to do that. That'd be a Hank, yeah. Hank But hell yes, we do. Um, <laughs> Who's our t shirt designer? Get on that. Uh. The montage scene of them like setting up the house. Yeah. You know, like, how long did something like that take to film? Especially because you were doing stuff inside and outside of the house. Yeah, well, we were actually we were just doing work on the house. And so Corey or Mike Ref or somebody would just go out there and shoot some things. And we just put it together. And there were a few things that were set up, like the Kurt uh, or the, the Mel scene with Bentley and, you know, the whole kissing thing and teasing and all that. Um but yeah, I mean, just an afternoon. That's just shooting B-roll. Really? Yeah, just, oh, that's wow. just shooting B-roll with sixteen. No sound was in it. Yeah. So you didn't have to worry about that part. So they're just going around shooting things. And that one where I'm swatting the bee, that was real. I mean, that actually happened. There's a bee that was on my ass, and I was it was just falling around the whole yard. And someone pulled out some bug spray and got it. How many? And I'm deathly afraid of bees. Ooh, I mean, yeah. that was not that was not acting. Yeah. That was me freaking out. <laughs> How many takes did it take for the guy that was on the ladder uh, that was like that, and then they threw him the beer? The massive muscular shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's funny. That I don't even Freak think out. I was there while he was shooting that, but I, I like that whole thing because it's like yeah, that's the quintessential yeah. guy. Give me beer, beer. It looks like a beer commercial. It's like the Budweiser logo to the bottom. Yeah. And did y'all notice we had Dixie Cream in there? Subway. We had the Noid. Runway Five, RC, yeah. RC Cola. They donated. Oh my God, we did we did so many side deals making this movie to get away with not having to pay for anything. But the the biggest deal that we made was at the Gator 107. We had Barry Williams, and he agreed to read why someone should be in Haunted Ween. He would read a couple of those each day on the radio for 30 days. This is before we made the movie. This is pre-production. We convinced the Houchin stores, and we had six or seven locations, to let us put a little box in there with a little um, pad and, and a pencil, and, and 25 words or less, 
why should you be in the movie? And so they would stuff these boxes with all these things, and then they would go to Barry, and then Barry would read them, and then we'd finally, you know, um, come up with a winner. So for that, Houchins gave us a three thousand dollar credit at the store to buy food during our production. We got. Um, 300 pizzas from Domino's to have in it whenever we wanted. RC Cola would just give us anything we wanted. All we had to do was call them. Nice. And, and we had to have Big Red because that was my favorite beverage back then. Love Big Red. <laughs> Go Big Red! Yeah! Um, Subway gave us 250 subs just to have whenever we wanted them. And then Dixie Cream Donuts just couldn't stop making donuts for us. <laughs> we had Dixie Cream boxes all over the set constantly. It was like, get the damn Dixie Cream box out of the shop. <laughs> It's a good problem to have, yeah. full of donuts. So we were well fed. And we also, there was a lady that, uh, she's passed away now, but she was our head chef. And so we would take this range with us, with burners and stuff in an oven, to our, our locations. And we would set that up, and we would have meals at each of our locations and just set up tables just like this, and people could go in and eat. But we had an electrician hook this stuff up every time we moved the location so we could have food. But all that stuff was was free at that point. That's awesome. Yeah. So our last submitted question. Yeah. Um, is there a backstory or motivation for Eddie that we didn't see in the movie? You know, I think that's something for the audience to kind of figure out. And, and as you flesh a character out in, in sequels, then you find out a little bit more about them. Like the, the whole thing with the van exploding. I was telling these guys beforehand. The reason it exploded with a shotgun blast is because it was full of gas cans because Eddie was going to blow up the whole haunted house at, at, at the very end. And so he just got kind of caught before he was able to do that. So that was going to come out the next morning when a reporter's reporting on the whole murder situation and they found the van and all these gas can shrapnels and all that stuff. So, But Eddie was gone, of course. But uh, the van blew up with a shotgun blast. It blew up good. It did. My favorite part is watching him. Good good blast. It explodes. Yeah. So. so with that, we have no uh, more submitted questions, so uh, we will turn to the uh, the live crowd if there are any uh, questions that you can think of after watching the movie and then hearing some of the uh, the questions that were... I got a question for you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. All you guys. Oh, they can take it. Uh, they here. can. They can. Here we go. They're men. Oh, um, no. Well, kind of. Yeah, it's a when very you, loose When you found out about this movie and you find... For one, why was this such a secret at Western? What's this folklore thing? I don't think it was. Like, no it one... wasn't that anyone was keeping it a secret. It was just, if you think about it from like our perspective, someone describing it to you is like, so there's this movie about a guy who kills people in a haunted house. Okay, yeah, and Steve White made it. Yeah, really? Right. Yeah, and Bart White's a sheriff, yeah. and, <laughs> and Corey's there, and Joanne did the cast. It's just like, yeah. no, you're full of it. Like, yeah. no, no, no. And then like trying to pin one of them down to like. Did you make some horror movie? And they, they, they'd give you a little bit. Oh, yeah, we didn't matter. Steve White's typical answer is like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> That's Steve White. He never gives you a full no, answer. He does not. Uh, yeah, well, which could have done. Uh, well, let me tell my end of this. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, we all get together. We go to conventions, that kind of shit together. Right. Um, and one of the the running themes is we always do a horror movie at his place on Saturday night of the convention. So these two and our friend uh, Kemp were all. Super stoked about watching Haunted Ween because we could never track down a copy of Studio. That, that was the other thing is is like you know you hear rumors but no one like people have seen it but no one <laughs> has. You guys, a copy. you guys have copies now, right? Yes, yeah, we, we do. All, <laughs> yep. all right, I knew. 
We'll no, he doesn't. Give him right now. 20 bucks. Yeah, right 20, now. 20 bucks. No, he has not earned it. Yeah. He just, he just he's earned it. Free. He's got it. Yes! No, it was, it was what you it sign was... it. Sign it to my favorite freeloading mooch. <laughs> yes. Please do. Doug Robertson. That's how you sign it. It was one of those. It was, it was, like, it was like an urban legend. It, yeah. it was, oh, no, no, no. My, my brother has a friend who, right. who rented it from somewhere and they saw it. Like, yeah. I don't no, have one. There was but... never like a direct, oh, yeah, I own that. We can go yeah, watch yeah, it. That was the thing. The other crazy thing is a couple weeks ago at Scarefest in Lexington, one of our friends, my friend Mandy, was telling us like one of the first dates her and her husband had was they went to a grocery store that had a video store in it, and they saw Haunted Ween and were like, "Oh my god, this looks amazing!" <laughs> what the VHS? Yeah. Oh, okay. so yeah. What store it, was that? <laughs> this was like 15, 16 years Damn, ago. Yeah, so okay. maybe twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From, Possibly. So yeah. she she was just telling us the story because like we walked past and said hey to her husband and he just started singing the haunted ween theme to us. And we were just like, what? Huh? <laughs> they have kids. They couldn't be here. Sucks to be them. Uh. So yeah, that that was kind of thing is like you know we we would sit in class and someone would be like yeah I saw that movie yeah you know the teacher's he's a sheriff and you're like well where is it no I don't have it with me and I don't I don't know where it is like I lost it or like my you know someone took it or whatever like I, they don't my dog it. ate it yeah, yeah it was so so it was like you hear about it and then it's like a couple years later before you can actually see it and right. so that was kind of thing is like it just kind of built like you know and then you're asking your friends you're like you know have you seen it and they're like I've heard about it but I haven't seen it either and so yeah, I hadn't actually seen it until he tracked you down for the radio show yeah, and we right. found out there were DVD copies to be had right um, but yeah and then like I said it, it was like an urban legend it was like the, the story of like you know Mikey from the commercial with Gildam Slaves oh no, no no my cousin's brother's uncle knew him and he like there was yeah. always like three levels of disconnect between mm-hmm. someone who knew and who was there yeah. and then you see the drug deal That's tape funny. trades going on and <laughs> that was I, I sure <laughs> so you don't really know what you see so Steve Byte was uh, one of my instructors and, and after class one day, I was I was hanging out to ask him a question about something, and somebody walked up to him at the podium, and I heard like quiet murmuring, and then Steve goes, yeah. and the kid pulls out money and, and like puts it on the podium, and Steve reaches in his bag and pulls out a VHS and just slides it across, and they change money and they just walk off. I'm just like, what? I was like, is there something in the tape? What the hell was it? I found out years and later. He how had, much did he did he charge? I have no idea how no much idea. it was, and if it's I could go back in time, cash. I would have immediately said how many copies. Because you have and kind of buy them all. Yeah. Because Steve White would sell his favorite dog <laughs> for like a dollar. I bought all my DV cameras. Okay, here's my school Steve White yeah. Check this out. So I think I'm a junior or a senior at Western, I can't remember. And um, Corey got, someone had left the production department. Corey had gotten th- some reels from, from p- potential professors that wanted to come in. And so Steve White's popped up. Oh, God. Oh, no. Did you? St- I mean, I don't know if he still has his reel or not, but it was hilarious. I'm going to find out. Yeah, now we, now we have a so we're project. all sitting in class, and, and Corey's going, okay, I need your all's help. I mean, let's look at these three different reels and see which one's the best. And we didn't think his was the best, but it was definitely the most outrageous. I remember one scene, he was out in the forest or the woods and he was shooting something and clowns were appearing and stuff was blowing up and it was just it was just weird just weird stuff but he ended up getting the job and I met him no I guess it was a junior because I met him the next year because I took a, a class from him but uh, yeah he was he was one but he's a classic guy yes yeah. and he's a very um He's super creative for one, but he's into it. Yes. You know, he'll act like he's not. He's like he's like one of those cats that runs into a, a window. He's like, man, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> he's got a, a constant. But he really is face. Good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He does. Like he never gets riled up. Yeah. No, no, not at all. 
him. But he's he's super cool guy. I like him. No, he, he was the, a, a damn hard worker on this movie. He was in charge of all the grips and the dolly track and all that, and he was relentless. I mean, every time we needed anything, it was perfect and it was done. Good so have a, a a world of admiration for Steve White. Steve White. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So do we have, we have any, any questions? Any live any, any live audience questions? Oh, Mueller, Mr. Cox. Yeah. Yes, sir. So at the end of the film, when Kurt pops up onto the road, yeah. I, this is how I talk. speak up. Yeah. Anyway, Kurt pops Ooh, up the road with a shotgun and almost gets hit. Right. That stunt looked awfully close. <laughs> it looked very close. How, how I mean, how was that set up, and how close was it? We're just that good. <laughs> no, I, you know, I don't even know. Um, I can't remember exactly because that was probably God. Those night shots, we because in the summertime we shot this. Keep on in August, so the sun didn't really go down until seven thirty, eight o'clock, and it wasn't pitch dark till about nine. So we're shooting until about five thirty, six o'clock every single night to do the night shots. So the sun's coming up, and we're like, ah, fuck, we lost it. Got to, got to, got to do a scene tomorrow. But who knows what exact time that was shot? But yeah, he did a he did a nice job. I thought he did a great job running through the field, which could have had a lot, a lot of potholes in it, but he. He was a tremendous athlete too. He was a Triple A baseball player, wow. um, so he he knew how to run with a bat, <laughs> and um, and he didn't fall That's down, which is good. Yeah, I mean, you sure. put that on your resume. But yeah, but I'm sure they just kind of shot that in a way that it, it looked dangerous, but it probably wasn't as dangerous as it was. Yeah, that's what I, was, I didn't know. But yeah, you're right. It looked pretty it, close. It looks close. Yeah, it does. It, it looks does. very close. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, Kurt. Yeah. How awkward is the conversation you have to have with actresses where you have to hit two bullet points? One, you're getting topless, and two, you don't get paid. <laughs> Honey, you want to ask that question? He's told me the story. Um, it's not. It's not awkward because keep in mind we had a whole lot of press before we came to town back to Bowling Green. So it appeared that Hollywood was coming to Bowling Green. I mean, it was like Universal Studios or Paramount. We had landed on Bowling Green. That's how big this thing was. And I'm not just shooting shit. It was big. Every single day we had requests for TV interviews and all that. And this was weeks before we were here. And we just had to say no, no, no. Because we did, for one, we didn't want to find out how small it was. And two, we wanted to keep the suspense going. So every time we did an interview, then we could. So put that in the back of the mind. And now we're having a conversation with these actresses. We had a, an open casting call at the Capital Arts Center, and we had over 400 people show up over two days. And at the bottom of that said, "This movie will have some nudity. Check A if you can, if you're okay with that. B if you're not." So immediately went to the, the pile of, "Okay, is there nudity? They're not. So let's when we interview the people, we'll know who the the nudie people are." So being the pervs that we are, we pulled these out. And all of them had a, a picture attached to their little their form, too. And so we could pretty much weed out immediately who's going to be good for the nude scene, who's not, and then we would talk to them. But we ended up having probably 25 or so girls that said they would, would get nude. And I remember having this one conversation in Van Meter Auditorium. This girl came in with her three-year-old child, and she was saying, you know, I really want to be an actress, and and do you think it would be a good idea for me to to, to do this nude scene? And she she could have definitely done the nude scene, but I, I just kept looking at her daughter, going, hey, you know what? I don't know if I would do it for this movie. You might want to think about that because 
this movie's going to be seen by your neighbors and everyone who knows you and your daughter's friends. And at that time, it's it's not going to be not going to be pretty. So I told her, I said, I don't think she should do it. <laughs> and so she appreciated that. And um, but that's how. That's how big the promotion was back then, and I knew everyone was going to watch this movie. So we used the girls that were that did the nude scenes. They were kind of innocu- um, unknowns, if you will, and and single and not family oriented, that kind of thing. So, how many times did the phrase "this will look good on your reel" come up? <laughs> I, you know, I'm not, I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> It'll look great uh, on your reel. I promise. I would. I would never say that. <laughs> no, I think. I don't have a problem with nudity. Nudity is, you know, just one of those things that you're going to see in movies. Um, in this movie, I think it was it, it wasn't needed. It was just called gratuitous nudity. This is what you put in little horror comedy movies. I mean, the the the, the boat scene. The girl comes up with those giant knockers, and you're going, "Holy, good lord!" Hank's party boat. She just hangs out and goes boating with her top off. Know, a movie that's kind of a mashup of Animal House and Friday the Thirteenth. I think gratuitous nudity is kind of required. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But but it's not it's not sick and, and bad nudity. It's just kind of like humorous nudity, we'll call it. Um, and then when Blake got up off, or Mel got up off the, the dock, I mean that's kind of a normal thing. You know, your tops off, you get up and cover up. So the other nude. Part, I think then the best one was of course the uh, the girl in the water and um, Angela something is her name I can't remember her last name but I ran into her in Nashville years later and she was working at this restaurant and you know she never brought it up so it didn't affect her so I don't know but 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 in answer to your question it's it's a conversation, but I don't think if you have to have it in your movie and it's written in the script and, and you're not going to give it up, you have to just have the conversation with them and say, look, this is what it's going to be. But there are people that are good for that part and there are people that are not. And, and I definitely have a soft spot in my heart where people are going to get affected by this later, especially in a small town. So that's why I had that conversation with that one girl. So I hope that answers that question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have, uh, I think we got time for one more question. Last question. Yes. Well, um, you know, you may be aware we live in times where remakes are just overblown, just like left and right coming out everywhere. Uh, do you think you might ever consider doing like your own remake and maybe try to get on like Netflix or Amazon Video or something just to get? I could to bring it back. I could be on Netflix or Amazon right now if I wanted to. Uh, the Netflix deal, if you've been into it, it's not that great a deal. You get paid a certain sum of money based on how many times people actually watch your movie. So getting a Netflix deal is not hard. Amazon is something I'm really thinking about doing. I'm just not quite there yet because we're still selling DVDs and they're going fine. When they fall off to nearly nothing, then I'll probably just sell all the DVDs to maybe Family Video and then do nothing but Amazon because Amazon takes half of everything that you do. And it takes um, about $1,500 to $800 to get your movie set up. You have to do a, a track on it that has a um, closed caption track at the end, at the bottom. That's a, that's a must. You can't get on without that. And it has to be in a certain format so Amazon can actually rent it out um, on a one-time use. So it, I, I will, I, I'll get there. But I'm just not in any rush right now. Makes sense. Yeah. Fair. Well, uh, on behalf of all of us, thank you so much for your time and for talking to us and uh, um, you know, watching sharing, the yeah, watching movements and sharing this with us. I really enjoyed it. I, and thank you guys for having us down here. This is uh, very special. And um, if you ever want to do this again, I'm happy to oblige. Yeah, well, we're going to try and make this yearly. We're yes. going to try and okay. make this the haunted one. Well, we try to watch it once a year. We yeah. missed the last couple of years, but yeah.
We're going to get back on track. We'll yeah. yeah. There you go. We can help you out with that. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you very much. And again, thank you guys. Thank you so much. All right.